What is up, everybody? Welcome back to the Run Your Mouth podcast, and uh, we're going to get right into it. I got no nonsense for you guys. I haven't left my house much recently, been home, doing a whole bunch of podcasting, and so no one's pissed me off enough to come on here all anxious and yelling and screaming. Plus, I got a nice dose of reality the other day. I was watching some other video of some guy yelling about something. I was like, all right, you know what? Things aren't that big of a deal. I'm going to go the other direction. I'm going to become the chill, hey, let's not go on the internet and yell about things, because other people are making me question my vibe of being on the internet yelling at things because of how ridiculous they look yelling at things. We're going to play that video. I'm going to be back hopefully on Sunday with an episode. I want to track down Steven. Steven, he's done with COVID. Remember our residential COVID expert? He's moved on, and now he's buying up all the Bitcoins. He's becoming a financial expert, and so we're going to get into the situation going on in England, which let me tell you, after just a couple hours of research, wasn't even a couple hours. It was like 15 minutes and three headlines. I've put this whole picture together. It's fun once you've followed enough of the financial schemes that you can really just navigate straight through the line and go, oh, BlackRock. It really doesn't even take that long. It's like three articles and you're like, yep, BlackRock. And here's how they did it. And there's the bailout. And this is why the entire system will at some point collapse is not capitalism and makes no sense. How's that for a tease to start off the episode? Because we're not going to do that to the end of the episode. So now you're going to have to sit through all the nonsense and dribble just to get to the information you wanted. And then I'm going to be able to do more and more sponsor plugs to the entire thing that you're forced to listen to. And that's what the Run Your Mouth podcast is all about. It's really just one big scheme to be getting you to buy sheets, your kratoms, using promo code RYM so they know that I sent you, and then they were new for next year. By the way, Robert's going to be on at the end of the show. We're going to be talking about underwear technology to get you into the home stretch. It's the fourth quarter here. you got to put up your quarterly earnings. Your boss is on your case. He's like, listen, Q1, Q2, Q3, we were still pretending like Corona was out there, but now we're in Q4, and we've got to cover some ground because the inflation's up and nobody's reportings are good, so I need you showing up to work, and the only way that's going to happen is if you're wearing your sheath underwears and you know that you got your 20% discount. I didn't want to take this opportunity to plug them. I wanted to get right into some news topics. I said I wasn't going to dribble. I said there wasn't going to be any nonsense. Dude, we might sell out uh, this Saturday uh, in Perryville, Maryland at Fifth Company Brewing Corp fan of this show, open up a brewery. I'm excited to taste his beers and it's going to be a fun show. I'm also quite ecstatic by how well tickets move for that event and the viability of doing broader shows, actually tapping into some Facebook advertising, following people along on the internet, so you can go, hey, I think you'd like this product. Uh, so, you know, hopefully get out of my house more, do even more shows. Let's get into, t- into today's topics, because honestly, if you just get through my drops of the topics that we're going to be discussing, you can now be in the loop on all the biggest stories that happened this past week. I've watched everything that's happened. I've watched every video. And some of these things, you're going to think that they're jokes. You're going to think that these things that I'm referencing about Biden walking off the stages, talking to ghosts, you're going to think that these are jokes. And you that's the point. you got to waste more of your life on the internet, poking around on Twitter, watching everything that's happening so that you realize how buffooneried That's not even a word, but we're going to go with it. The world has become because you're going to think I'm kidding here. You're going to think that these are nonsense headlines about things that we're not going to address as a part of the podcast and couldn't have possibly have happened. But I'm letting you know, you are not wasting enough time on the Internet. So here we go. Today's topics. First, we speak with Lizzo's stylist, 
on the best stage outfits to highlight your fat rolls. Next, psychologists ask, how much should you care about a musician you never heard of playing a flute you didn't know about? Are you socially obligated to take sides in the Lizzo flute playing scandal? With new sanctions being discussed, our policy analysts ask, do the sanctions we're holding back this on Russia? Do the sanctions we're holding back earn interest? And if not, why are we saving them? Are the world leaders not using all the tools we have to stop Putin? Does not using everything at our disposable make our world leaders at fault for his actions? In other style news, we have the exclusive on Hunter Biden's fall crack pipe collection. Next, will the White House come clean and tell us the conservative conversations Joe Biden is having with ghosts? After Kamala Harris gives a speech on our commitments to North Korea, health experts are questioning if gaffing is contagious or is the administration secretly dog whistling their support for nuclear war? Next, election officials question if maybe instead of a 2024 presidential election, we can just have a Joe Biden versus Kamara Harris retard off uh, with uh, uh, that guy stepping down from uh, The Daily Show. We wonder how woke will Comedy Central go in replacing Trevor Noah? Black albino gay transitioners apply now. Will Biden's first biodiversity hire be tasked with cleaning up a pipeline we just sabotaged? And last, what did BlackRock do? All right, now we can get into the show. We're getting smoother with that drop. So, you know, it's a nice fancy board. You press buttons, things happen. It's good things. All right. But before we get into the show, I just want to remind, uh, you know, she, Mackenzie, she's, she's back on the market. And uh, I'm here for you, baby. I, I just want to remind you that I would love to spend the rest of my life spending Jeff Bezos' money. Don't let these other baldos uh, who led you astray either by evil world domination or just being some loser biology teacher, uh, you know, turn you off from short, bald men. I am in your demographic. I have what you've been looking for. You messed up with these other ones by going with guy who was too much of a winner. And then you went the other guy with some guy that was just too much of a loser. But I think you and I could live a great life together, spending Jeff's money, making love and eating cookies. And by the way, I'll convince you to quit wasting all of Jeff's money, giving it away to charity. That's that's supposed to be our money. That's what it was intended for. My Jew, Jewy mouse face with your chipmunk face together. Maybe maybe I can even dump a baby in you. I don't know if your ovaries are still working. Maybe with Bezos' money, we could spend some of that so that way I can lock it down. And then even if you leave me, maybe I can get some alimony and then I can spend Bezos' money on being at home and buying some cookies. But I'm just letting, I just want to put it out in the world. I feel like, you know, you got to put things up on your vision board. That's something that me and Robert might talk about shortly. I just realized I forgot to send Robert the link. Robert, if you're watching live, I know that I got to send you the link. It's in my messages, but I'm, I'm flowing right now. So let me get through a couple topics. And I'll get you that link, Robert, even though I, I bet you're not watching live, but I will get this to you shortly. But like I said, vision board, you got to you gotta pray to the heavens. It's Jewish New Year. You got to float your intentions. You got to let people know what you're looking for. And so I'm putting it out there. If anyone knows, has Mackenzie's number, uh, pass it over my way because, you know, I'd love to spend Jeff's money with you. Uh, all right. Russia pipeline leaks sparks climate fears as huge volumes of methane spew into the atmosphere. And just wait till this turns into, we now have to do even more emergency measures to combat climate change. Before we thought we had some time, but then we bombed this pipeline. And because we care about the, 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 the universe so much and this natural disaster, and now there's even more methane in the planet than we ever could have imagined, we're going to have to turn off your electricity. We have no other choice at this time. I mean, we thought our best experts thought that we had some time 
and we care about the environment so much that we, uh, you know, bombed <laughs> a pipeline in order to uh, prevent a war and, I guess, uh, starve more people in Europe. Uh, and by the way, you're going to find out in a minute just how serious people's energy needs are. And uh, we're blaming everything on global warming. This is from the Associated Press. Hurricane Ian is quickly gaining monstrous strength as it moves over oceans, partly heated up by climate change. This is their best trick, is that everything alludes to something but without making definitive statements. If you don't already follow me on Twitter, Robbie the Fire on Twitter, I also did a breakdown where Axios was supporting Janet Yellen, where they were trying to construe it like Janet Yellen was not playing politics. But they used words like uncomfortable playing politics, and then like they they put like they put like so many kickers on these things that like I mean it's like the, I mean we've all made this joke, but it's like I'm I'm the funniest guy broadcasting from my living room right now. And it's like, once you, once you throw on that kicker at the end, it's like the earlier statement was meaningless. And th so this is their move. Hurricane Ian is quickly gaining monstrous strength as it moves over oceans, partly heated up by the climate change. So it's not even saying that the climate change fully heated the oceans or that the heated oceans are causing the hurricane. But just whatever you can do to take any world tragedy and pretend like it's caused by global warming. I mean, everything, let's get kids in school now. I didn't do my homework. It was global warming. I cheated on you. It was climate change. I was so stressed out. The underwater temperatures that exploded that pipeline that Europe needed in order to get its energy for the winter, that was climate change too. Anything that's going on in the world, it's all climate change. And then this was, by the way, this wasn't even the NPR article. This Google apparently has an algorithm where it'll redo other people's headlines to make it even more explosive and even more nonsensical. But this is from uh, Google News about an, uh, an NPR article. Climate change is linked to the spread of viruses like monkeypox, experts say. So apparently climate change is even making more people gay. I mean, that's how serious of a risk we are of climate changing is that it's forcing more people to become homosexuals, which apparently puts us all more at risk for the spread of deadly disease. Are you allowed to say that? I mean, we're still on YouTube. I shouldn't be saying things like that. YouTube, I would like to clarify that the last thing I said was from an alternative character. Uh, we're going to give him a name. Uh, it wasn't me. It was another guy who said that, and I think what he said was reprehensible. In fact, this show would like to disassociate with that individual. I'm gonna I'm gonna claim that I have multiple personality disorder, and for censors to not be willing to accept my mental illness, even as I recognize that my other personality. All right, moving on. European Union proposes more Russian sanctions. And I, it's like right out of fucking Dumb and Dumber. You can't sanction the already sanctioned. You can't sanction the already sanctioned. Lloyd, Lloyd, we've already been sanctioned. You can't sanction the already sanctioned. I mean, why are we holding back sanctions? If you got more sanctions and you think the sanctions are worth, why don't we just go to sanction bottom, you throw all the sanctions in there, you realize it's not working, and then we can finally call them up and go, hey, these things aren't working. It's like a false way of pretend, like they go, uh, of pretending like they have control. To me, this is like if you were getting into a car accident, but then you keep flicking your blinkers to just pretend like you're somehow have control over the situation. It's like, you know, the news story comes in and goes, hey, this Ukraine thing's getting worse. Well, just put it out there that we're going to, we're going to sanction them even more. I mean, what sanctions are even left on the table? Like what message do you think, you think Putin's finally, oh no, no, another sanction. We, we got to call it. That's it. I pull the troops out of Ukraine. I'm going to fly myself into America and turn myself over. I can't believe it. More say they're not working. 
Why are you pretending like this is even a thing? It's an option. It's going to help in any capacity. And then we've got footage of our world leaders competing for who can be the bigger dumbass. So you've got Kamala Harris. She's out there in, uh, in, in South Korea. And apparently it's not that she's just autistic when it comes to space, even though she took the opportunity when she met with the soldiers to be like, have you looked at this telescope? But then they gave her binoculars and she's like, oh my God, I can't believe the way binoculars work. It's like, I'm looking over there, but I'm over here and look at how close it is. It's like, yeah, that's the way binoculars and borders work. If you're at the border, you're going to be right next to the thing. <laughs> she's shocked. She goes, wait, so North Korea is right there. Yeah. You travel to the line. You travel to the one spot on earth that borders right on North Korea. So yes, you're very close to it, but she can't believe it. Oh my God. I can't believe we're just looking at North Korea. Yeah. You travel to the border. Someone should explain these things to Kamala Harris. And so she's up there and she's talking about this fine relationship that we've got with North Korea. Dog whistling all the nuclear powers out there, how we secretly support nuclear war and how we secretly think everyone should be getting their hands on nuclear weapons so that they can nuke other people. She's dog whistling this because she's at the policy meetings where they're talking about trying to provoke nuclear wars with other countries. And so she gets up there and she starts gaffing because she wants to become president. And she's realizing that Biden got to the top by being the biggest dumbass in American history. So she's like, if I want that role, I'm going to have to step up to the plate and be an even bigger dumbass. That's what she's thinking. Do I think that that's going to be a good strategy? No. And then you got Biden who's uh, talking to ghosts. He's up there and going, Hey, can I get this lady who died out there? And then there's this other one where, um, this is, I mean, this is such a, firstly, he walks like Mr. Burns now. He's got like this like T-Rex thing. And then you can see there's this great moment where he accidentally walks into the crowd uh, and he's like, oh shit, I have to actually be with people. I don't want to be with people. And then of course you got myocarditis who's just standing there in the background, uh, looking at this cause he sees the disaster going on, but he's in charge of the border. So watching disasters all day, he's unfazed by this. You know what I mean? This is nothing compared to just watching and, and by, so here's what's going on. Biden, I guess he's supposed to continue to remain there and they try and wrangle him, but she, it's like this lady got very specific instructions from whatever the demon handler is that normally just puts the things onto the uh, teleprompter for Biden, right? So she gives very specific instructions, which is don't let him walk away. And then Biden has this moment where he finishes and he seems to like going to the right. And then she, they almost need a leash on the back of this thing, like a big handle so that you can just grab Biden when he's walking away and they go, nope, teleprompter's over there. Or they need like teleprompter instructions for him not to read at the end of the speech with what he's then supposed to do next. All right. Um, now we've got a New York Post story about all the money that Dr. Fauci has made. And we're going to take a moment right now because what I have to do is I have to find my phone, which is right here. I have to text Robert that he should join us. Um, and why we do that, you know, what's great. You know, what's really wonderful. I know that this is very wonderful. But I got drops, so what I can do is I can send him. Let's let's play a drop here. No, no. You know what? Instead of a drop, we're gonna play some fucking tunes. We're gonna ramp up for the middle part. We'll say this is a four-part podcast. We just finished part one. We're about to get into part two. And so while I text Robert to waste a minute here, let's listen to the latest from the Shedcast gang. If you guys never listened, every Thursday, I get drunk in the shed. I don't always drink. A lot of times I'm driving and then I just hang out. But sometimes, you know, back in the old days, we used to get pretty pretty hammered up in the shed with the Shedcast gang. And they just put out a new album called The Ship is Burning. And here's their... uh, 
burning it down. Fuck up a pound, leave a trail headed my way. Trying to fuck up my day. Too much fun in my sway. Smoke a hundred to the face. Pick a flower out the face. Lil' sour with the taste. Weaving in and out of state. Bringing the loud. Breathing and leaving the cloud. Got in the loud, blowing it down. Hopping the Jeep. Got a jaw full of green. Just hit the hole in the wall for the X. That's a jaw full of me. Mike nice with the snap back in the white tee. Got the loud pack of that OG. Smoking back to back. Bring an OT. Can't bring me down. Head in the clouds. Never smoking on that regular. Hopping a pound. Look at me now. Top shelf. That's regular. We'd be moving on the regular. Shed Rector gonna wrecked. Go check it out. All right, here we go. So Dr. Fauci, wife's wealth stock skyrocketed by five million five million during the pandemic, uh, according to analysis. Here we can take a look. Uh here's a zero hard article uh showcasing Fauci's wealth. Now I remember that I'd seen this headline that he got like this million dollar uh grant or something or million dollars from like some tel aviv organization so fauci he's made a lot of money and his net worth has gone up substantially since the beginning of the pandemic i think the number was like five million i think i just read that from that high uh uh from that headline and he now makes 12 he now has a net worth of 12 million dollars now there's a couple things going on here first is you think he's made most of his pandemic money while he's still in office I mean, it was very odd to me that he was able to just get a million dollar payment from some Jews in Israel and just go, hey, here, we think you're doing such great job talking truth. How can how is that possible that you could be a government official and someone could just send you a million dollars as an award for talking truth? Doesn't that just sound like a straight up bribe? I mean, talk about just being so ingrained in the system that this guy's a scientist and he's talking truth and someone's so happy that he's talking truth, they get to send him a million dollars. I mean, in what world does that not sound like that was just a straight-up bribe? You know what? We're coming down from Twitter, everybody. Sorry. I hope you enjoyed it. You can go over... Uh, I mean, we're coming down from YouTube. Uh, you can find this video tomorrow on uh, Spotify, or you can check out on Twitter. I don't want to waste any more time talking about uh, tech censorship, because then you become a big old bore, and that's how they beat you. Everyone's like this. They're only talking about this thing instead of just giving me information. All right, hold on. Let's just pull down one more. There you go. Now it's safe for us to talk. Uh, that's how ingrained people are in kind of their knowledge of these institutions is that, oh, since I work at the government, I've got the credentials of the government saying that I am the person that should be listened to. And then other people going that even though you're in the position of power, the fact that you're willing to support truth that you're paid to do in your job and you've got the credentials of, hey, look, I'm being supported by every college in the government. Still, you get a million dollar check. All right. Sure. That sounds to me like a bribe. And then this is just the first bribe. What happens when he leaves and he gets the book deals? What happens when he leaves and all of a sudden royalty payments are coming in? And then also, firstly, the NIH sued Moderna to be considered a co-owner on the vaccine or to have some of their scientists on the patent. So the NIH is for sure getting payments off of Moderna and they were looking for more. And then even if Fauci comes along, I wasn't getting paid. I would never get paid. I was not a guy who gets paid. I don't care. Firstly, see, so probably hook someone else who's going to get paid who then once you leave is going to get your thing approved and you scratch their back, jerk each other off in closets, suck each other's dick, give people monkeypox. We know the way this system works. And then if not, apparently Fauci's wife works at the NIH too. So 
It's amazing that if, as you're pointing fingers and we're going, well, how rich did you get while this entire thing was going on? I'm just out here for noble causes while people send me million dollars for doing my job, which is to tell people the truth. But apparently I get paid million dollar checks for that also. So here he is. His net worth is going up. His wife also works in the NIH. So even if he's claiming, hey, I wasn't getting paid on this stuff, it could be more than likely that his wife was getting paid on this stuff. And with all that, I'm sure that the majority of money that Fauci made off of probably, I'm saying probably, it just seems to me like he was lying the entire time and that the most reasonable explanation for what was going on is that in some capacity he's shilling for Big Pharma and we know there's a revolving door here. Go look at the like the, the track line of like the head, the people at Pfizer working at the FDA, FDA to Pfizer. It's like it's the same thing goes on in finance in the financial world also happens in the military sector, but it's pretty apparent that it was going on here as well. And uh, it's interesting to see that a guy who's trying to pretend like he's not profiting off a of private interest or the industries that he's supposed to be regular, but it wasn't my recommendation. I don't recommend things. I just get paid to be here and repeat what those other people were saying. I mean, that's just what he made while he was here. Think about all the payments that are coming down the line. And there he is with his fine wife and the face he makes when she pegs his asshole. She looks like uh, that dude from uh, Reservoir Dogs who did the torturing, was also the brother in uh, Kill Bill. All right, and then somehow the U.S. and Europe are running out of weapons to send to Ukraine. This is from MSNBC, and I guess uh, we're not spending enough money at the Pentagon. I guess that they're, I mean, either these people are so inept that us not fighting a war, uh, I mean, we're not in a war right now, and we spend how much money on the military every year, and we're running out of equipment? How is that even fucking possible? Now, maybe this is a lie. Maybe they're just looking for more funding. Maybe they're going, look, this is showcasing how unready the United States of America really is. And that's why we got to commit even more to our defense industry. Or maybe it's that if we're actually in a war, then like we ramp up production and we can get all these things really uh, replaced really quickly. Uh, but seems like some bullshit. Now, here was another headline that apparently the FDA, they're going to start, you're going to need an FDA label. You can't just claim your shit's healthy. You're going to have to actually have an FDA label about the healthiness. And what, what that means is it's going to be, it's basically going to let you know if there's bugs in it. If the FDA is letting you know something's healthy, that means it's got the micro and macronutrients you need from the crickets and ca cockroaches and whatever other fucking creepy crawly insects Bill Gates wants you eating because uh, he knows that it's going to, you know, corrode your soul. All right, now we got New York's Holchel further plans to require zero emission cars by 2035. Uh, so this is already going on in California where they're not going to let you buy gas cars. And I, I just, it, you know, a couple elements of the spin that I see to this is firstly referring to these cars as zero emissions. I'm telling you, this is going to be the racket of green energy. And I've referenced it here before. All the emissions from the coal the creation of these uh, devices and then the burning of electricity at the power plants, those are all emissions. It's when you plug in your car. So now the car itself counts for zero emissions because all the, now I'm not saying that over the lifespan of a car, there might not be a reduced environmental impact from having an electric car. I still doubt it. It seems to me that combustible engines, technology could be getting better and better. We could probably be going further and further on gasoline. They could probably last longer, recycle better. I feel like there's benefits of combustion engines that might be getting over underplayed while the value of these green cars are being overplayed. Not saying any of that is 100%. I'm not that married to combustible engines. I'm not that against green energy. What I'm trying to point out is that they're being selective 
about what's being considered zero, which is another way of favoring particular industries and not just favoring particular industries, but if we live in a world where perhaps they're tracking you, perhaps you are forced to get your allotment of carbon credits, so then a lot of using a particular industry or device might have something to do with whether or not it's considered energy consumption, whether it counts towards your carbon credits, as opposed to whether or not the product is actually good or valuable. The same way we will all spend things on things that are tax deductible that we might not otherwise purchase. It's a very similar thing going on here, which also means that if like large corporations are able to rent us devices and then us renting the device does not count towards our carbon credits or it, it, it counts for us, but it doesn't count towards the corporation that gets to rent us the device in some sort of a scheme because since it's keeping people from owning it, it's actually favoring the, favor, favoring the environment, then we've created a new scheme by which we're going to be able to pick corporations and elite individuals who will be able to rent us devices that's going to count towards our carbon usage, but it's not going to count towards theirs. And here's the first example of this, that the car is considered zero, right? But there is other energy that goes into it. So it's like, you're just not counting that. Going to be honest. There's some financial stories coming your way in a minute that I've got down packed. This one was a little bit more of a snapshot. Uh, but on the same note, how did Tesla get all of the like charging stations? I mean, what's the story there? Firstly, can you charge other cars on the non-Tesla, uh, um, if you don't have a Tesla, are you able to plug in like your your electric Mustang? Those are cool looking cars, by the way. I don't know if you've seen any of them on the street, but the electric Mustangs do look pretty cool. Are you able to plug that into the Tesla? And if not, I mean, is Tesla paying for all those charging stations? Because I think I keep seeing articles about government basically paying for the infrastructure for the charging stations, which also sounds like more subsidizing of rich people who are the only ones that can actually afford these cars. See the racket here? You get to just pick industries, you lay down all the infrastructure, and then you put like, it, well, I, I mean, even by the way, I, I've read articles about the electric uh, um, shuttles that used to exist in, in, in towns that we teared up to make roads. So the oil industry, they've had a pretty good run here where the United States government has fought wars and laid down roads, which when you go to purchase a car, I mean, that's not the real cost of transportation. The real cost of transportation would have been if you also had to pay for the road and the wars and this. So like a lot of stuff has already been done to make the car industry profitable and that I only have to purchase the car. Everything else is kind of like a sunk, sunk shared socialized cost. But now they're doing a similar thing with the electric vehicle where it's like when I go to purchase the electric vehicle, someone else, the taxpayer, has created infrastructure by which there might even be a place that I can charge it. All right, now let's get into a bunch of topics that I don't understand. We're going to do our breakdown of um, what's going on in financial markets that BlackRock is getting its newest bailout. And uh, then we're going to talk to Robert for some of our uh, tips for the month. All right. See, that's why I need a producer. Can coordinate getting people on. All right, so let's start with uh, England is going to buy all of the bonds. Um, all right, so it seems like some pension funds just got themselves a nice bailout. We're going to get into it uh, after this list of topics, but they were in some 
very screwy and backwards investments, and they're getting a bailout. Now, what's interesting is that every single country at the moment, all of the central banks seem to work in tandem because they all need to kind of inflate or ruin their currencies at the same pace. Otherwise, it becomes very obvious that, you know, they're printing, that there's inflation. If you got one, if the United States government over the last 10 years had high interest rates, your other, your other central banks couldn't have just been printing money and doing whatever their versions of quantitative easing is. I don't know specifically what the other countries do. I do know that these central banks work in tandem because that's the only way that this scheme is going to work. So at the moment, the United States government is uh, engaging in, uh, um, at a minimum, we're raising interest rates. And I guess they're talking about quantitative tightening. Uh, but essentially, we're not looking, we're trying to cool inflation. So we're not just flooding you know, uh, uh, the, the markets with money in the way that we were. Now, when we know that these things all seem to work in tandem, so when the Bank of England steps in and they start engaging in uh, essentially a quantitative easing, then you start wondering, oh, okay, so is the Fed put back on the table? Is the Fed going to start pumping money back into the system? Now, there's some layers here. Firstly is quantitative easing seems to be the worst form uh, from a fairness perspective because what that really does is it just bails out the wealthy. Essentially, you go, all right, we're going to have inflation. And instead of uh, allowing the stock market to reprice itself and come down, we're going to bail that. We're going to bail out anybody who's in these investments by putting more money into it, which is going to drive the prices up, which is great because then if you're in investments, as I guess the economy and everything else goes to shit, your investments are going to continue to appreciate in value. But then what, what, you're, what you're doing is instead of allowing for like deflation or for money to become more valuable, uh, what you're actually doing is you're bailing out the rich people that are in these investments. I think I have that right. So essentially, to me, in part, quantitative easing is like the worst form of government stepping in and trying to help out in the markets because it's really just helping out the richest of individuals uh, who are in these assets because they could afford to be in, in those assets. Um, in this case, the people that are being bailed out, as I'm going to show you guys, it's uh, it's pension funds by BlackRock. But then what makes this situation so bad is that it seems like in every which way, the Fed just gets to pick who does it want to ruin. It, 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 it's like there's no perfect situation where they're, where they're doing something that there isn't a loser. And so someone's going to get crushed and then you get suckered in. So it's like, is the Fed going to, going to continue to raise rates? In which case people are going to pull out of the market. The market's going to come down. Housing's going to come down. A lot of the credit asset bubbles that have been created are going to start to come down. Or is the Fed going to go the other way and go, all right, well, we're not going to do that. In which case you want to have all of your money in these markets, uh, at least until the thing finally runs out. And then I know a bunch of you guys are like, well, you just got to buy gold. You just got to buy Bitcoin. Fine. Maybe long term. We're talking short term. I'm trying to tell you the theoretical problems of the Fed. I ain't giving you the solutions here. I'm just telling you the issues with the way that they're operating, which is it's like this fucking seesaw of pulling levers of trying to predict what it is that they're going to try and ruin. Are they going to try and ruin the economy? Are they going to try and ruin the value of your money? Are they going to try and ruin the value of your investments? Which way are we going here? All right.
So it seems that over the last couple months, they're engaging in, uh, you know, all of them, quantitative tightening. You got this weird thing going on, which doesn't make sense to me, which is we've got high inflation in the United States of America, but somehow our dollar is kind of outpacing everybody else. So I guess all the other currencies are seeing even more inflation than we're seeing, because while we're seeing inflation here, the dollar is actually relatively strong. And that's taking place while you've got other like world systems such as uh, China and Russia seemingly looking to move away from the U.S. dollar. All right, all kind of gets uh, a, a little bit confusing, but what isn't confusing is the financial scheme here that the big banks engaged in and the fact that they're basically just getting another bailout. All right, here's some other quick topics um, that make no sense that were big in the headlines, and then we'll get into a little bit more of the weeds on the financial thing. Uh, why would Putin want to bomb his own pipeline? I've yet to see a rational explanation for this as people are trying to pretend like, uh, you know, I mean, it's great. NATO's like, we can't have this kind of violence in our territory. We're going to get to the bottom who did this. Well, what happens if it was basically NATO? I mean, the U.S., aren't we like the major funder of NATO? I, I don't understand why Putin would bomb his own pipeline. The guy's business is trying to sell nat gas. You think he never wants to have Europe as a client again? Is that really what he's looking for? I mean, and then, and then how's he going to fund, if he wants to take over the earth, how's he going to fund taking over the earth if he's got nothing to sell? So he's going to just go, what, conquer? Well, he's gonna, so he's going to make his way through Ukraine and then just conquer territories and then force them to buy his oil as opposed to just not conquering them and selling it? Just doesn't make sense to me. Ginny Thomas, so they're going four hours of testimony and then you get all these people that get to comment on the testimony that she made are we ever going to get to see the original testimony or are the producers of uh this sham january 6th thing so good that they get people to sit down for four hours so that they can take two 30 second clips and never give us the original material i mean and by the way since there were no republicans there uh, or I, I mean, if they did, then they got the fucking sham Republicans. They got your Cheneys and your Romneys. Uh, they don't have your Jim Jordans. Like, so what we're just going to hear the word, like, so it's secret testimony behind closed doors that then people like Adam Schiff get to categorize as to what took place. And then we get little 30 second highlight clips. Uh, that's why I like what Bannon did where he's like, yeah, I'll talk to you guys, but it's got to be live on TV. And they didn't take that offer. They didn't want that offer. They need to do everything behind in controlled environments so that they can edit it and, you know, just present it to us with a uh, particular spin. Now, this one gets weird. You got Donald Trump. He wants a special master to go review all the documents. Special master comes back and he goes, all right, listen, I need the particular evidence that you actually declassified this stuff. And I need to know what specifically you think was planted. Right. And then it looks like the special master is backfiring on Trump because that was going to be his defense in court. And now the special master is kind of ruling on what would be the defense and making, putting the burden of evidence on him. Uh, then the judge steps in and overrules the special master, which just seems a little bit backwards. It would seem that once uh, Donald Trump uh, said, hey, we're going to get this third party involved and we're going to let the third party rule on this, it's like, you know, going to arbitration. You're kind of made the decision to go there. So now you, you got to accept what happens. Uh, now, this is showcasing, and this is from the Wall Street Journal, just how bad the energy situation is and why people don't realize 
just how deadly it can be to go, hey, green energy works and we can just rely on windmills. So the article was Germany capping energy prices, which right off the bat, if you have any basic understanding of economics, I go, well, how's that going to work? So there's less energy available. The price is going up and you're going to cap the energy prices. How does that happen unless you secretly have some stash of energy or you're going to ration? Unless you're going to pretend, oh, yeah, we're going to make sure that everyone has the energy that they need and that they're not going to have to pay a price over the market. Well, how does that work? I mean, are things just free? Is, is there actually an abundance of energy that I don't know about? Do they just pretend like we typically have to purchase energy? Like, I've never been there when my gas, when my car runs out of gas. Maybe my car doesn't even need gas. Maybe I could just, maybe I'm just being suckered when I put gas into my tank and it just burns it because it's some magical illusion. My car could actually just run. I've never experimented. I've, I mean, by the way, I like playing that game where I take it as far to the bottom as possible. I like running on E. I'm a, I'm a Kramer. I, I like living that lifestyle, living on the edge of seeing how close to empty I can get it. Hey, let's ignore that little E button. That's the lifestyle I'm living. But I've yet to be in a car when it ran out of gasoline. Maybe it doesn't even gasoline. And maybe the world leaders are just lying to us. We don't even, like, maybe we just have energy from the core of the earth. It's abundant. Everyone's just pretending with these gas stations. They're just pretending with these nuclear power plants. Really, we've got all the energy you need. And so, uh, you know, it, the system seems to be falling apart right now because we, we usually have to ship that over here to pretend like we're consuming it. So until we can get that situation worked out, we're just going to let everyone have the energy that they need at a set price. Or are you going to end up with rationing? Now here, this was pretty scary. You ready? I'm going to read you a couple pieces from this article because I think it's going to put into context how important abundant energy is for us. More than half of German small and mid-sized companies now worry that the energy crisis could put them out of business. Let's read that again. More than half of German small and mid-sized companies now worry that the energy crisis could put them out of business. Now, I will say... This is also, I just realized now, I fell for this trick because there is the, the, the turn of phrase, now worry. So, I mean, I'm worried all the time that I'm never going to work again. No one's going to listen to my show. I, I mean, how? I, I guess, I mean, Germany, they're probably not all that Jewy. They work, they work pretty hard to get rid of the Jews and all that Jewy angst energy. So I can't imagine that they're just walking around all concerned about things that aren't even true. But I guess the more relevant way to look at this would be to know, I guess, the increase of cost how much operating uh, expenses, capitals, profit, I guess the profit, what's the profit margin of a typical business? And with the increased rate in energy, what amount of business failure would you expect from the increased energy cost? Actually, math shouldn't be that hard. Fucking, you're the Wall Street Journal. You can't get some economists on that one. I figured out the way that you could figure out that problem in, in what, 30 seconds of an ADD thought. It's Typical business that's mid-sized to small, how much profit are they making in a typical month? And if you increase their energy costs, and you can go by industry. So if your typical restaurant, let's just say, has $1,000 of profit a month, we're keeping it very fucking simple here, and now their energy costs went up by 2000 a month for the size and square footage. I mean, there's some math and variables. Not that easy to figure out. This should not be left to, well, we're worried about it. Sorry, I, 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 I fell for that trick. But let's read the next one. Mr. Jankowski, as I'm talking about getting rid of all the Jews, talk about it, used to pay 100 euros equivalent to $96 each time he switched on his gas-powered industrial furnace that melts metal to produce the machines that mold 
car bodies. Today, it cost Mr. Jankowski about 3000 each time, a 30-fold increase. To save money, he now turns on the furnace twice a week instead of three. So a 30-fold increase, I mean, maybe this is pure propaganda. Maybe they just found one select industry and that's specific and that this guy is a gas-powered industrial furnace. Maybe if you're running off of uh, your nuclear or your, uh, your green or your windmill, your prices haven't gone up 30 times. This is not the only news story I've seen, though, about German businesses failing and the possibility for a pretty uh, brutal winter. And I do think it still pulls into focus the fact that, uh, you know, Energy is kind of important. All right, so let's take a look. Let's do our quick breakdown of um, what I've been able to understand thus far of the situation in England. So let's read this first. This is from CNBC. The plunge in some cases was so sharp that pension funds began receiving margin calls, a demand from brokers to increase equity in an account when its value falls below the broker's required amount. Now, right off the bat, I mean, the fact that uh, pension funds uh, are working with margin. It seems a little bit odd to me because pension funds tend to have a lot of money in it. I don't really know why you'd be leveraging pension fund investments, but they are. Long-dated bonds represent about two-thirds of Britain's roughly 1.5 trillion, 1.6 trillion in so-called liability-driven investment funds, which are largely leveraged and often used gilt as collateral to raise cash. Now we've got our first in interesting investment instrument, which is called gilt. Now we've got our second interesting investment interesting. These LDIs are owned by final salary pension fans, which risk falling into insolvency as the LDIs were forced to sell more gilt, in turn driving down prices and sending the value of their assets below that of their liabilities. Final salary or defined benefit pension plans are workplace pensions popular in the UK that provide a guaranteed annual income for life upon retirement based on the worker's final average uh, salary. In its emergency purchase of long-dated gilts, the Bank of England is setting out to support gilt prices and allow LDIs to manage the sale of these assets, blah, 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 blah. All right, so let's take two things from this article. We've got two interesting financial assets. We've got LDIs, we've got gilts, and we've got pension funds that are investing in it. That's all we got to know so far to start piecing this picture together. Now, we've got from the Washington Post. This is talking about um the uh the ldis i think i have this story right all right here we go if yields fall they make money and if yields rise they typically face a margin call and have to pay more to the counterparty because the bonds are worth less so first is if you're um a pension fund and i guess you're probably pretty well diversified but you also want to be in fairly safe investments. You're not you're not going for screwy and high risk shit. And if you are, it's probably a very small amount of your portfolio. And you've also got some of the most sophisticated people in the world that should be operating multi-trillion dollar pension funds. Why would you be in asset classes right now that if interest rates are going up, the value of your asset class would fall? I mean, isn't this just basic, basic financial shit? If you're looking at the situation at the Fed. Now, maybe they purchased these years ago and they're locked in. Doesn't seem that way. You, they've created, you know what? Let me read one more piece to uh, to better explain the way that these assets worked. Or maybe I, I forgot to link in the right article. Um, you know, it's one of those moments. I thought I had it perfect in my head before I went on air. I want to read this once more. I'm going to read the whole paragraph though. 
It's a strategy used by pension funds to manage their assets to ensure that they can meet future liabilities, thus the name. The trades are typically used by so-called defined benefit pension plans, which guarantee retirees a certain payout regardless of swings in financial markets. The strategy often involves derivative interest rate swaps and other contracts that allow them to hedge their bets in case the market moves against them. To arrange them, the funds have put up some collateral for the trade. If yields fall, they make money, and if yields rise, they typically face a margin call and have to pay more to the counterparty because the bonds are worth less. So it sounds to me like you're essentially shorting yield. You're you're assuming that interest rates are going to go lower and that uh and that bond prices are going to go down. Who the fuck was buying this at margin when interest rates were below 1%? I mean, did like were, were pension funds really thinking that the safest gamble that they could make was that interest rates were going to go negative. And so they were buying a asset on margin that was betting that bond yields were going to be going down while there's financial tightening. Doesn't it? I mean, this doesn't seem like rocket science to me. This literally just sounds like someone said, Hey, what's a bet that I can do that will lose me a lot of money. Oh, look, it looks like bond prices are, uh, bond yields are going up. Let's put a lot of money in bonds that my bonds are going to go down in value. I don't know. I, you know, sometimes it's like, I can't tell if I'm retarded that these things make no sense to me, or if my stupidity helps me cut through that obviously like this, like just doesn't make sense. All right. Now here's where it gets a little bit more interesting. This is from, uh, the, uh, uh, Washington post. What caused the blow up? A sudden enormous move in government bond yields. While pension funds and investment managers have liquid assets and cash that they can use to put up their collateral when yields rise, they usually have several days or weeks to make the payments. But in the past few days, yields rose so sharply that managers had to come up with cash in a number of hours. Many pension funds did not have enough spare cash to meet the margin calls, so they went to their next most liquid asset, gilts, which funds typically holding a lot of the long-term inflation-linked variety. With so many selling these gilts at the same time to meet the demands, they pushed yields higher. So this, I'm already confused. You've got two seemingly derivative products that are working in opposite ways. You're holding one asset, no, I guess selling of an asset if it's driving yields higher, then yeah, I guess you guys are just shorting the the play is essentially on both sides of this shorting yield. All right. That, that that's not, by the way that doesn't even make sense. You can't short yield. What I'm saying is that you're figuring that interest rates are going lower, which seems like a very very dumb investment when you've got every banker in the world talking about raising interest rates. I don't understand why you wouldn't get out of that investment. Certainly I don't understand why you'd be leveraged in that investment. But what ends up happening when you're these big banks? It's a hostage situation where bank BlackRock was the one who was putting together this scheme for people. I mean, this is what you sit down with your pension fund manager to come up. This is why you actually sit down. Everyone go to BlackRock and give them all your money because apparently they can't lose it. Apparently, no matter how badly they fuck it up, the government will step in and go, oh, well, we'll bail you out. And, and this is how intertwined every product is, is that like, this is when you just start seeing liquidity come out of the system is that they have to start liquidating one thing to cover the other thing. And then all of a sudden, all these fucking asset prices just start coming down. And then government steps in and goes, ah, shit, this is not a good signal. If, if we let this one crash, 
then you might see more liquidity coming out and more people fire selling that to try and cover this thing, to try and cover that thing. And then it's over. Then the whole system, it's gone. And so this is the brilliance of these big ass fucking pension funds is that we're all in a constant, constant hostage situation. They create derivative products that make no sense. And I guess essentially is everything just kind of stays the way it is. Then they just get to collect their fees and it's great. And they get to make their money on their fees. And then if things go to shit, well, the world can't let things go to shit. The government can't just let pension funds get absolutely fucked. They can't let these retirees walk away with nothing. And so without us being able to understand the bets that these people were putting on the board or the, 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 like the, the way that the derivative products, they just go, all right, we got to get rid of this signal. So they just smooth it out. I don't know. Obviously, we don't want more regulation in the market. Like we, we obviously don't want that. But like, I don't know. Like, there should be some sort of a substantial calling of BlackRock into Congress going, all right, you just got bailed out on a really bad investment. What other products do you have like this that even 1% interest rate moves in either direction are going to bankrupt some hedge funds? Like, I, by the way, I'm not like, I'm not a risk person. I don't understand risk. Robert, I, I, I'm going to grab you on in one second. Uh, but like, it really probably, when you talk about like the, all the, the fucking stress test bullshit that they were doing on banks which uh, obviously was nonsense, but like I, I would like to see a 1% fluctuation up-down study of the, uh, the BlackRock and the investments that they have their pension funds in and how quickly any of that would need a bailout. All right, it's enough financial talk for one day. I hope maybe, uh, by the way, this is only day one. Yesterday, there was zero coverage of what was going on in that situation. Now we're starting to at least get some coverage. Robert, I need to make a couple adjustments uh, to um, my setup here to have you on. Just give me one second. Okay. Okay. I, 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 my internet's, my internet's a, little, a little fucked. Little fucked. I can hear you, though. Can you hear me? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yep. Oh, yeah. Robert, yep. I don't love it. I got, I, I, I've been only going up for like half of my shows on YouTube. And I, I got to make a call line because I got to say I like uh, I like taking the comments before I move on to the next topic, so I can like kind of gauge if people are following what the fuck I'm talking about. Oh, you might have frozen. Well, well, if you want if to, you want take to some, take comments, some comments, and then I can then pop, I can back, pop on. back on. No, yeah, no, I can't. Yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm no longer. Oh, you know what though? I bet I can stream us back to. No, I don't think I can. I've been taking myself down from uh, YouTube once I get into the dangerous categories because they've been censoring me. Uh, 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 I not find it. I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna, gonna, I'm gonna switch, switch you into, into my, my phone. phone. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. What's going on? They're. Uh, they're... Wait, here you me. Oh. Wow, your phone's got crisp. Crystal clear clarity there. Beautiful. Beautiful. Well, that's what I needed. And you got the sexy shades, looking good there, Robert. Thank you for Thank having you for having me on. Fuck, fuck, fuck. I'm in the You know what Robert, what's going to be our? Uh... Oh, did you just freeze again? No. Okay. What What's going to be our uh, our next fitness challenge? I got to say, I had fun with that one. I, uh, I quietly trained. I feel like it did. I, I hated that we were doing it. 
And then once we were actually out there, it was a, it was a blast. That was a good call. That was a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah so, so what we're talking about, about is doing, doing the <coughs> Manitou and Klein. Excuse me. The Manitou and Klein is like, like the mile-high staircase to the mountain. mountain. We, we did that together a couple of weeks, weeks ago, ago after, after the, what was, what was it? it? The, the smoke-out bug-out. Yeah, the smoke-out bug-out. That was the fun one. Um, so, so the next, next one, uh, you could do, do a push-up challenge. Pull-up challenge. Pull-up challenge? That's that's on. We can even do that at Skankfest. How many pull-ups pull can, can you do? do? I I feel like if I answer that, you might re- you might regret this challenge. No, no way. way. If I am completely fresh, completely fresh, and by the way, I don't do pull-ups at this volume, but completely fresh, I would venture to guess I could do twenty-two. Okay, okay. I, was, I, was, I did eighteen. So, so uh, on, on my, my most recent pull-up pull pull challenge, we we did a. We went, we went to, to a, a gym, gym Crunch, Crunch Fitness in San Antonio, Texas, Texas and we got, got to do, uh, well, we, we did, did a pull-up pull challenge. And I, I feel, feel like, like I won, actually. actually. People, People were going, going down, down all the way. Yeah, that's, that's the problem with pull-up and push-up challenges is that it's very, you come off whiny if, like, you're like, hey, he's not going the whole way and I did more. Exactly. But when you start getting to the volume, it makes a substantial difference. Like, I only, like, I once lost a, an office push-up challenge and firstly, the guy got the guy got to get up after me, so I think I did like sixty, and then he did sixty-two. But like, I'm telling you, my fo- I'm still pissed about this. What five <laughs> years ago, and it's still on my head. And I'm like, yeah, but the form was different. So th- that's that's the the difficulty with the push up and pull up challenges is that mm-hmm. you're uh, if you want to win, you kind of have to cheat a little <laughs> by not, you know what I mean? Like, oh, so you yeah. almost you almost need you need a judge there to like uh, disqualify on form. That's what, That's what they, they did in the army. army. They, they would, would be like, like you know, you're, you're not going, going down, down far enough. Go up, up you know, you lock, lock your elbows and all that shit. I, I, I won, won physical, physical fitness challenge, challenge in, in my, my battalion for the army during basic training. They did like 95 push-ups at the minute. Wait, that's crazy. I can't. That's wild. But that, but that was at my peak fitness. Right. 13 weeks of really disciplining myself. I ate... You know, you know, really, really clean, clean and drank a lot of water, water coffee, you know, cigarettes, obviously, just did cheat. And, and I beat everyone, everyone in the whole Italian. Italian. It was, it was pretty, pretty cool. So I don't typically go for volume. What I do is I like to do uh, three days a week. I'll do 10 sets of 10 with uh, 30 push. So, like, I'll do 10 pull-ups, 30 push-ups, and I just kind of do that throughout the day. And I find that's kind of my uh, my upper body base. I don't even really do much else, that, but I do that three times a week. But I don't like try and do sets to failure. I just kind of it's more about getting the full volume in on the day. Yeah, yeah. I think that's, that's good. good. Spread, spread it out, out so you're not, not you know, you know just, just going, going into burnout. You can kind of like pace yourself throughout the day. Like a marathon instead of sprint. Well, it's more like I just am. You know, I I try and do my best at putting forward news and I'm not very good at standing still and actually reading. So like what I do is I walk away from my desk, I do pull-ups like, so I just kind of 
do it while I'm working, which I uh, put, if they had done that in school, if they had put like a fucking monkey bar in the back and you could just get up and burn some yeah. energy and sit back down. And then they, they didn't make you sit. I, I mean, even though just the fact that they made you sit in a fucking chair, it's like, I, I, I mean, not that I never sit down, but I do a lot of my work at a standing desk. And like, we know that sitting down is bad for your health. And the school system is literally built around, you're going to sit and those chairs suck. It's not like they give you like the nice office, ergonomic, whatever. It's like, we're going to fucking break your back, little kid. Yeah, yeah. it's criminal. criminal. <clears throat> I, was I was thinking, thinking about, about Halloween, Halloin this year, year, and instead, instead of, of people going to, to our kids, kids you know, going trick or treating, they should go and clean up their neighborhood yards, pick up trash, trash on the neighborhood. I think teaching them, them to go asking for candy, candy is probably, probably the best, best message. message. And, and, and maybe they don't get rid of Halloween, but there should be a day where they have to go and do good shit instead of just being a little. Doubles. Well, I'm going to suggest you don't make that your mayoral campaign. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, no, you should be more candy and the state's going to pay for it and we'll put it at your door so that the kids, by the way, I didn't do Halloween as a kid because I was all Jewy and stuff. And there was this kid, I'm telling you, I, I'm not going to say the kid's name, but growing up, he was the funniest person in his own like little malicious way. It's not like joke funny, but like he had his own humor and one of the funniest things he ever did. I don't even think this was from trick or treating, but he was like the non-religious kid and we were the religious kid. And he literally came in with a garbage bag. I mean, a garbage bag filled with candy going, I, I'm not sharing this with you guys, but I want to let you know how much fun I had trick-or-treating last night because we weren't allowed to go trick-or-treating. And I don't think he... I think he had rich parents and he bought enough candy to fill up a garbage bag just to make us feel shitty. But uh. I look back at that as like being in eighth grade just going, that is so funny. <laughs> insane. <laughs> I but love I that. I literally look back at that day and just like in my memory and just laugh because I remember him coming in with the biggest garbage bag filled to brim with candy and he didn't bring it in to share with us. He brought it in just to gloat of look how much fun I had because I don't my parents don't make me keep as much religion as you guys at the well, religious school. That is so funny. We, we had a Jehovah's Witness come by the store yesterday. She was like, do you believe that you can live forever? And I was like, maybe. But, but they, they don't celebrate Christmas or birthdays or Halloween. Yeah, that so, sounds that sounds like the worst religion. I know. I know it's, it's like, like you're trying, trying to recruit people. people not get yeah, them. don't start with that. You want to close <laughs> with that. That that should be like after the after we sign the document, you throw that one in. Yeah, yeah. You, you don't want to tell me that beforehand. Hey, uh, next year, firstly, I do think you did very well for me uh, with your vision board. I feel like I'm I'm having a pretty good year. I, I'm excited for the the final quarter here of uh, starting to put together some shows. There you go. <laughs> shit, shit. There's Robbie. There's Robbie. There you go. You're right next, next to Joe Rogan. Oh, I like that. For next year, uh, can you put me next to Mackenzie Durham? Because I'm, I'm looking to manifest her into my life. Is this she fighting? Oh, I'm, I'm sorry, not Mackenzie Durham. Mackenzie, uh, I don't know Be Bezos' last name. I gotta I guess I guess I gotta get the name right because she just divorced her uh, second husband. She went with this real loser who was a teacher and wanted to give all of Bezos' money away to charity. Yeah. And I'd like to manifest her into my life so that I can have that money. Okay, okay remind, remind me around January first, I'll put a picture of you and her next to each other. Thank you, because I really I I feel like your manifesting was was the X factor this year. It did. You've been you've been going all around the country this year. 
All right. So let's get into it. We took last month off from business tips because uh, we had you on for the smoke out bug out. It was a busy mm-hmm. month. And so we got to get back to it. Firstly, I'd love to know, you know, you, you were uh, well established amongst this fan base. And one of the most frequent comments is how much people love their sheath underwear. What new products do you have in line for, uh, I mean, we're coming up onto winter. I'm going to have to hit you up to get some more of those long johns because I love those. Those yeah. are the shit. You got anything else? Uh, any other new products come down the pike? What's in development? Sheath Laboratories. Well, we, we just, just released the bamboo. So, I mean, that's been around for a little while. We have the mesh. But a really cool release that's coming in about two weeks is going to be called our iceberg hair. And I'm sorry if I'm a little bit I can hear it a little bit, but it's subtle, so I think we can rock with it. It's all right. All right. I fucked up. I no, no, it's all good. It's really, it's very subtle, so I don't think it's, uh, I don't think it's a deal breaker. Okay, so this dude went down to Greenland. He, he like jumped off of an iceberg into 28 degree water, swam under the iceberg in our sheath. In this new pair we're about to release. There you go. No, I burped. And um, it's, it's just a new ice pair, and it's going to be released for men's mental health awareness. We're actually partnering with Movember, and it's going to a lot of the proceeds are going to go to men's mental health, like half of the proceeds. Nice. I'm gonna. I'll shave my pubes down to a mustache. <laughs> that would be. <laughs> all right so what do you got for us what's the big uh the big business tip of the month um i, I do, do want to i wanted to say baby smith is on rogan so i'm listening to that just shout, shout out to everyone out there dude his uh, ukraine recap it was uh in shocking and inspiring to me how good of a handle he had on the details and the history of that he's it, it says most share on, on the thing, so that's really cool. Um, okay, so the tip, I would, I, mean, my, I can't see my notes. I wrote, like, like break, break the rules. You know how Arnold Schwarzenegger said, like, like, break the rules? Because when I first started, I mean, when I was young, I sold weed. And I'm not suggesting that people sell drugs, but I saw, like, Bill Maher did the same thing. He used to sell drugs. And, like, and anyways. So you're saying we got to go back to weed being illegal because now if you want to get your sales experience from drug dealing, you're going to have to use the harder drugs. You're going to have to be doing coke. So that was like the good thing about weed being illegal is that it gave kids sales experience in a risk industry that wasn't too risky. Whereas if like now they're going to have to be selling like crack and coke and that that's probably not good. No. <laughs> um and it just gives you that entrepreneurial spirit you're starting. And maybe it's not me, but whatever you can get started in early with sales, even Jehovah's Witnesses. Here's a fun thing. They have to go in like door to door and present their case where everyone is like, no, 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 no. And so it would kind of... Um, but if you could just save one, if you you could get one person into heaven and save their soul and then think about what that does for your soul. 
I just I think, think it's, it's good sales, sales experience because they're getting user rejection. And, and so you're saying go go volunteer for the Jehovah's Witnesses. Don't get sucked in, but at least you'll learn you'll learn something about taking rejection. Yeah, yeah. And, and they're, they're all, all they're, they're all like susceptible. The people, people in the Jehovah's Witness program are religion, I would imagine. So, so you can manipulate like, the two and probably take over the cult. And there's probably some money in that system, if I had to guess. Here's, Here's a better, better one. I just thought that I wrote Okay. Down. No, I like that one. That because would be I, good. No, I think that, I, I think, um, you know, there's a great speech. Everyone should go look at it from, uh, what's his name? The, 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 the old CEO of Apple. And Steve he, Jobs. Steve Jobs. And he talks about, uh, um, actually... The guy from Ukraine played this for me once, and I, I've always been meaning to listen to a little speech, but like even just the one line, it stood with me. It's matrixy, but he talks about, uh, I guess, being on acid and like there's a lot of rules that you think exist, but you can kind of press on the system. And Dude. I do think that that, oh, what, you have that quote on your wall? Well, I was, I was talking, talking to Louis J. Gomez last week, and he recommended this book. It's a documentary, it's a biography on Steve Jobs. And I'm reading it, and it's, it's fucking awesome. And that was going to be like, like the other one that you just said. It's, it's like, read books about people that have done it. And specifically, this book is authorized by Walter Isaacson. And it's fucking so good. So, this dude, don't be an asshole, though. He was such a fucking dick. So, you want to get a mix of... That ambition, breaking the rules. Maybe it is sometimes, but don't let the beer There you go. Robert, I'm excited for uh, for Skankfest. I can't believe how good the lineups are. Like the amount of... You, you, uh, the fact is, on any one of the stages, you could just stay in that room all day, just sit in a seat, not leave, and it's crazy, the lineup. And the fact that that's happening on four different stages... It's uh, it's pretty insane. Like I, I, I started like kind of already like selecting what I want to make sure to see, but like I was just shocked by how many cool things are going down. Yeah, it's, it's gonna, gonna be fire. Uh, bringing nine people, we're gonna be partying, we're gonna be hanging out. We're, we're, we're gonna, gonna be selling sheep underwear. We got stickers and special Santa shirts that we're gonna bring. So we'll, we'll see you there. Like, come, come say hi, folks, and hang out and smoke a bowl or something. Hell yeah. All right. That's all I got. That's today's episode. Uh, as always, promo code RYM. Everyone that we've converted comes back and goes, this is the greatest underwear ever. And uh, you and I, we got to work on a promotion uh, to, so that people can... I like my throw out, throw out your drawers campaign. I like that idea to update the the whole wardrobe. Go, go full sheath all the time. Uh, and other than that, we'll party at Skankfest. Well, and, uh, real quick. Yes. We include a like a matchbook in most of our orders. And if you're wondering what the matches are for, they're to burn your old. Oh, I thought it was to light your pubes on fire. <laughs> a lot of <laughs> You're not against that. Just be safe if uh, if that's what you're going to do. <laughs> yeah, put that jelly around to make sure it doesn't like, burn your skin. Absolutely. All right. Always a pleasure. Thank you, Robert. I'll see you in Vegas. Thank, Thank you, Robbie. Thank, Thank you, everyone. Peace. Sorry about the shit. Bye.